Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Club. This is the place everyday real estate investors gather to share their best stories, biggest insights, and favorite tactics to grow a portfolio of cash-flowing properties in today's market. Here's your host, Gabe Peterson. All right, we are back with another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. Today we have the rock star, apartment rock star himself. Um, oop, I just lost my spot. There we go. Robert Martinez. Uh, Robert is from Houston. He is uh, from Rockstar Capital, uh, focused on apartments. We love having apartment um, guys on the podcast. Anybody in commercial is our favorite. So Robert, thank you very much for hopping on the show. Hey man, happy to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. I told before we hopped on, we like to start with stories. We like to hear how people got to where they are today. So why don't you take us back to the beginning? How'd you get started in real estate? Yeah. So like a lot of people, you know, I my first mentors were my, my mom and my dad. They said, go to school, get good grades, because that was something that had been taught to them to do. So then you go to university professors and they say, hey, you know, get good grades so you can get a, a good job. So I did that for the next 10 years. I have an engineering degree from Texas A&M. Uh, and what I learned in corporate America is that corporate America would dictate to you how much you can make. So even though I want to make here, they want you to make here. So I was a sales guy. And so they would play with my bonuses, play with my commissions, play with my territory and structure and what have you. And I realized I did not have control of my financial future than my employer did. So I began looking around and, you know, I stumbled upon a real estate show on business radio in between my sales costs. And it was a real estate club in Houston, Texas. This is in uh, around 2006. And after several months of uh, listening to that show, I decided that I would go to the, to the, you know, the two day boot camp, pay 500 bucks. 500, that's there, not bad. $500. This has been 2006. Yeah. And uh, um, I, I got introduced into single family real estate investing on Saturday okay. thought mm -hmm. that was a great way. I thought, you know what? I went home, told my wife at the time that I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And I can't Sunday comes around and it's multifamily investing. And that's when I learned, wow, this is where the real wealth can be happened. Wait, you, you did you go to the wrong, the wrong room or did they just change their topics? Uh, when it no, came they to just you? teach you both, right? Cause they oh, have okay. different okay. educational channels you want to focus on single family or multifamily? So Saturday mm -hmm. was a single family. And I thought this is what I wanted to do because my my thinking was small. Okay. You yep. know, I thought I just wanted to buy a few rent houses to replace the uh, the bonus or the commission that I was losing for my employer. And I show up on San on Sunday and I get introduced to how you can how you can make real wealth. Mm -hmm. You know, and what happens when you're when you as I know this now is if you don't have any money, you start out in wholesaling. Yep. Absolutely. Then you get a little bit of net worth, you, you get in a single family. And then you realize I have too many single families and you aren't making a few dollars. I want to put more money to work. How do I do that? And you do that through multifamily. So I was able to skip wholesaling and single family because I had been very successful in my, in my uh, corporate career. And so was my wife at the time. And so we jumped into multifamily. So I paid $10,000 at the end of that Sunday to join that real estate club. And they introduced to me the concepts of multifamily investing, had a mentor assigned to me. We talked about uh, what my goals were. And then they had like a uh, on hand you know, or hands-on bus road trip where you go to a member's uh, property and you get to touch the brick and visit with the staff. He shares the finances with you, you know, and you learn that way. So during that time, I met a partner there and I'm not a big fan of partnerships. 
I don't like partnerships. Okay. I think partners are should have a beginning and should have an end. Yep. They Makes should. Sense. And he had something that I needed or that I had, and I, he had something that I needed. But you got to carry and break that on. So he had balance sheet, and I had local area knowledge. But he also had the real estate knowledge, not multifamily, but just real estate knowledge in general. So he and I joined forces, and over the next three years, we'd go on to buy 10 deals, uh, right around 2,000 units. And again, this was in 2007 through 2011. And that's during the recession. Wow, that's, uh, that's I, right I over. So yeah. This is a very familiar market to me, what's going on right now in the, in the, in the economic climate we're in, where we're about to enter a recession. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got us through. I was the operating arm. I oversaw all operations, all training, all marketing, everything having to do with how that apartment ran. And I was kind of learning it on the fly. You know, we did really well in our first deals. And then I took that knowledge. We went to another deal, did really well there, went to another deal, refinance, 100% cash out during the recession. We did three of those. Very proud of that. Um, you know, who has debt during a recession? We did because we had the NOI to do it. Yep. And so in 2011, again, partnerships end, right? Somebody's stack is bigger than the other and conversations were had. I leave that pass behind and I saw Rockstar Capital. Uh, okay. My very first deal was bought in 2010 as the Soto GP. And, you know, in a market just like this, where you have declining rents that are about to start happening, that's next, you know, and you start getting sellers that are desperate, which is what's next. And you only lose money in real estate when you run out of time or money. And that's what was going on during that time. And I want to pick in a deal up for $24,500 a door. And it was a, wow. it was a hundred eighteen wow. in Houston. Deal. That is great. Yeah. It's Jesus. crazy, man. But this is what the market we're in. You know, they, I, I tried to get the deal in, in 20, in 2009, they wanted 3.2 million. We negotiated for a couple months. They came down to 3 million. We said, no, we want two nine. They wouldn't do it. They budged in the beginning Q1 of 2010. And they said, you can have it at two nine. If you'll close in the next 30 days. Oh, I hate it when people and I was do able that. to raise like, yeah, the equity. Yeah, it's a, that's fast. We actually did in 27 days. And I'm I'm shocked because you know you had to raise the equity. You had to um get bank financing because it was a bridge debt uh at a interest rate similar to what we have today. So I'm saying this is a very similar market, you know, and um appraisals and all the things you have to do, right? Because the market was dead. Yeah. And that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, the market's gonna die for a little while, and there's gonna be surplus of professional services. And so at that time we could get a deal done in 27 days. But that deal and your first deal is always your most important deal. Because yep. that's what you that's what you plant your flag on. Yeah. So and if you don't have success in that first deal, it is hard to pick yourself back. Absolutely. Up. So we, we've made roughly three hundred percent cash returns to the investors. If we were gonna sell today, it would capture something close to nine hundred percent. We wow. paid Roughly, uh, we paid $2.9 million. Before the fall, earlier early this year, we were going to try to sell it at somewhere in the range of $14 million, You nice. know, So we would have made, you know, again, pretty close to a 1,000% return. But, you know, market changes, it didn't happen. I now realize I want to keep the deal. Um, you know, but a lot of the lessons that I learned in that deal are, are what people are going to go through right now. Yep. And, and before I do I, want to jump into the current market, because it sounds like you yeah. have a lot of great wisdom there. Um, but before you do that, I want to wrap up your story. There was a lot of good things that I that you said in there, a lot of things that I kind of want to tease out. Um, I mean, you mentioned at the very beginning, you said you were kind of stuck in in small thinking, and you had to get through that to get to apart, you know, multifamily apartments. I really like that you said that because 
you know, I, I went through the same thing. So many people, when they just get into real estate, they feel that they need to start small. They feel they need to start at wholesales. They need to start at as, as a single house, a single um, unit, but you don't, you can skip that stage just like you did. Um, and so what was, how did you kind of, you know, leapfrog, leapfrog the, uh, the wholesale, the, the single family flips um, that to get the confidence to go into multifamily right from the get go? Well, I had net worth. So, you know, what putting making ten, twenty thousand dollars on a flip or on a single family house is doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. I needed my first deal, I put two hundred thousand in. Again, I was successful in corporate America. Yeah. You know, my wife and I were making, you know, well into six figures, like something close to six, seven hundred thousand, you know, combined. And we had done that for several years. So we had money put away. And that's what I was trying to say. If you don't have that, if you don't get that opportunity, everybody starts at wholesaling and then they work their way up. I needed more money. Like like, like when you go to Vegas, right? You know, a fifty dollar bet doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, you know, you got to make a bigger bet. Right. You know, but then I don't want to risk it. You know, I don't want to risk losing five hundred dollars, even though that's what it would take to get my my attention right. So I really liked um, being able to jump into multifamily. But again, along the way, you're still gonna have single. You're still gonna have small mind, small minded thinking. I was just doing one deal a year, one deal a year, one deal a year. So I missed some of the recession. I got some good deals. Many of them I still own today, but it wasn't until later when I realized, man, I need more units scaling, right? Because units create opportunity. It creates income. Income means more money for your property manager, the hire a better property manager. More income means a bigger marketing budget. And more that's income a, means that I can make more money per deal versus, you know, exactly, I'm going to be there yeah. anyway. So I might as well make the most money I can. Yeah. And I've said that I've said this a few times on this podcast, but one of the biggest mistakes that I made when I jumped into the commercial was I thought that buying a small deal meant it, you know, I could uh, I could reduce the risk. Um, So I bought these really small self-storage facilities. And uh, that's the exact opposite. You mentioned it yourself. When you get big deals and have that bigger, you know, the bigger gross revenue, you actually are that decreases the risk because now you can you can take care of all of the you know maintenance that has to happen. You can hire somebody who's a really top notch property manager. Um, so starting small, I mean, I totally agree. It's it's hard to jump through, you know, jump over that 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 hill. But um, if you can get there, it's uh, it's definitely worth it. Yeah, fast forwarding today, I mean, that was back in 2010, you know, and you know, I now have over 7,000 units of experience. Uh, I've sold, you know, a couple thousand units. I'm at I'm at 5,000 units right now, 24 communities, you know, and my claim to fame is that I'm a two-time national apartment owner of the year. So having joined that real estate club created a new opportunity, a new path in life for me that eventually would create generational wealth for me and my and my family. But if I had never taken that that step to get away from small minded thinking multiple times in my in my life, then I never would have got to the next level. And now I'm doing it again. Now I recently got out of property management, which is what my company is known for. We've earned 19 city, state, national apartment association awards from 2011 to, to just recently. Two months ago, I decided I'm going third party. And I went in and hired one of the best property management companies in the country. They got over 120 some thousand units. You know, and but you have to earn that, right? You can't just go there with 500 units. I got 5,000. I give them a 20% market share in Houston. They want that, right? But now I get a professional group that, you know, I was doing a mom and pop in some ways. Some yeah. ways I did it the right way. Other ways, you know, I was doing it wrong. Now I see what they're doing, but they've given me now multiple things. Now scalability. Yeah, It's all here. I right. want to scale. I want to buy deals, but I can't buy deals if I'm worrying about HR issues. 
Yep. Two weeks notices, people quitting unexpectedly, like that slows you down. So I've learned to stop treating my business like a hobby and to treat my business like a business. And one of my mentors has been Grant Cardone. I've done some, a lot of coaching with him. I've been, we've been connected since 2016. Now I'm his number one student in his real estate club, you know, primarily because I pay attention to what he says. Yeah. And he told me a year ago, dude, get out of property management. You know, yeah, I know what you want to do and you're slowing yourself <laughs> down. You're dealing with ice storms. You're dealing with whatever issue you're dealing with COVID. Like what if you didn't have to deal with any of that shit? What yeah, if you could just yeah. go and, and asset manage and buy deals? Yep. Right. That Take is, advantage uh, of what you've learned the last 10 years. Don't keep doing the same thing wearing horse blinders just because that's the way somebody taught you. Yep. Like now it's time to get rid of what slows you down, get rid of that anchor and take off. Yeah. Yeah. And I have so much respect for property managers because that is a job that is extremely hard. Um, I, it's actually uh, because I couldn't find good third property is the reason that I got out of mobile home parks um, and got into self storage. Uh, there's good third party property property managers out there, and if you have a good third party property manager, you can focus just like you said on the business itself. Um, so you attributed it sounds like a lot of your current success to that first REI club, the ten thousand dollar REI club that you joined back in what was it two thousand eleven? Uh, two thousand and seven. Two thousand seven. Okay. January so that was. That was very integral to, you know, looking back 20, you know, hindsight, 2020, well, looking back. Mentorship you, is everything. You got to get mentorship. Right? Nobody, yep. nobody comes out of the womb knowing how to do real estate investing. Somebody has to show you. So my mom and dad, you know, they were blue collar. My dad worked at a fast food company. My mother worked at a, at a factory. And it's like, who's going to teach me real estate? When we all know that there's been more millionaires minted from real estate than anything else, right? But who's mm -hmm. going to show that to you? you I paid $10,000 and I got introduced to somebody who was a multimillionaire. And before my time was over, I was the number one student in that club. And now that I'm in Grant's club, I'm the number one student there. I mean, and they literally formed the real estate club around me because they knew who I was. And they basically said to me, go, listen, if we were to do this club, would you join? I go, where do I sign? <laughs> so I was literally member 001. I, I paid the cheapest initiation fee because I bought on the earliest. It's like almost twice that now, right? Because of the success we've had in that club, right? Yeah. And where else can you go? And there's a billionaire in that club yeah, on the call every single day. Not, so I take a lot places. of that and that's helped me scale the last, the last uh, two years. Yeah. I got a, I got a lot of respect for Grant Cardone. He's done, uh, I mean, he's been buying property for what, 30 years. So he's got some wisdom, wisdom up his belt. Um, you know, this is an intended small, you know, shorter podcast. I feel like you have so much wisdom that I, I wish we could be on here for 60 minutes, but we can't. I want to move us on a little bit and talk about the current market. You've already kind of brushed on it yourself. Um, we are going into what a lot of people think will be a pretty, pretty extensive recession. Um, so what tools, what tactics do you recommend new investors, established investors use as we go into this recession coming up? This will be the greatest recession we have seen since the Great Recession. And the reason why this is going to be so bad for us is that it's artificial. What's occurring is bullshit. This yeah. is just like COVID, which we all know now was bullshit, right? They purposely have increased the rates 4% in one year. And yeah. so what that's done Ooh. now is that's created tremendous uncertainty in the market to where buyers and sellers are shell-shocked, yeah. right? Because sellers, buyers all suddenly want to get deals equal to that seven and a half percent interest rate on the caps and sellers are like wait what's going on what just happened and you only lose in real estate when you're out of time or money they have a little time left but next year is going to be the largest expiration of loans ever 
and it's going to be huge. And so they're going to run out of time and they're waiting to the last second before they can sell a deal. It didn't have to happen though. Right. The Fed did that. But what it did, what it's going to do, it's going to expose a lot of people because people thought that real estate investing is always going to go up. Rents are always going to go up. You know, cheap debt's going to get there forever. I'm guilty of it, too. You know, the difference is, is that I was around during 08. Like I, I'm one of the OGs. I'm a wartime general. I've seen multiple uh, recessionary type uh, economic climates. I, so I know to be uh, well stocked yeah. for the long winter because winter is coming. I also know that I needed better operations. So I made that call earlier this year. I was like, hey, I'm going to get out of ops. I want to bring in another group that has more eyes on this than just me. And I'm going to watch them like a hawk because I never hired third party until now. I did it myself. That's why I'm a two-time national owner of the year because nobody can bullshit me on what operations are. So believe me, when I'm on those portfolio calls with that third party company, I'm on it. I call <laughs> you know it. I know the questions what I'm looking ask. At. I know what I'm looking at. I know what they're talking about and I know what they don't want to talk to me about, but I know what I'm going to talk about. And so I take control of that, of that meeting because it's my investor's capital. I've raised $180 million since 2011. Wow. You know, I've returned 130 million in cash, but right now on some deals that I have where we have interest rate exposure, there's no more cash flow. Cash is going straight to the bankers. Yep. We're making a fortune on this all because the fed decided that they're going to raise the rate. Yeah, You know, so there's no cash flow. So my focus now is to focus on NOI. So what people need to be doing right now is making sure you cut back on expenses, making sure that you raise, you hold cash. Your investors are not going to like you for holding cash, but you've got to save the body and not cut off an arm right now. And you got to tell them we're in trauma right now. Yeah. This, you're in the trauma ward of the hospital and we've got to control the bleeding because we just got in, we just got beat up. And but I'm going to have... fix the body and we're going to be, we're going to be okay in 18 months, but yeah. let me do what I have to do. And so communicate with your investors, what's going on. Number two, make sure you focus on your resident reviews. Reputation management is everything in this business. Make sure you know what you're looking at. Make sure you know what people are saying and then act on that either directly with your property manager or with your third party property management company. Make sure that they know what people are saying, create Every channel you can for people to communicate to you so you can ex explain what's going on because you don't want to lose residents during this long winter. You and don't. Do you, do you have a um, like a fixed, you know, CapEx reserves that you do maybe per door, um, you know, percentage of your gross gross revenue, something like that, that you put in the bank um, per you, for, for your entire portfolio? Do you have like a, a metric that you try to hit or... Is it just you want, you know, $10 million, whatever the number is in the bank, just in case shit hits the fan and you need to use it to, uh, to, to bail yourself out? Yeah. So as you know, the bank will always reserve some money for you, right? So mm -hmm. there's always a $250, $300, you know, CapEx. We're talking CapEx. I, all CapEx projects are on hold unless they're yeah. life safety. So we're not going to spend unless we absolutely have to right now. So all renovation plans, whatever, are suspended and we're going to hold on to our cash. But we always walk into a deal with no less than six to 12 months reserves. And that's, we maintain that. That is our, our, our point of no return. We don't get below that number. If we start getting below that number, it's because we have issues. You got to fix that. So that's how we survived COVID is that we had money in the bank. So I kept distributions going. This is different though. I knew that was artificial. This, I don't have control when the Fed decides that they're going to push rates back down. I will say this. Grant was in town a few weeks ago and he's doing a new reality show. And he invited me as the local real estate expert to be on the show and close it out with him. And we made it bet. He said, do you think rates will be lower or higher 
this time next year, which was Halloween. And I said, they'll be higher. And he said, no, I think they'll be lower. And he goes, and I'll bet you a thousand bucks. And I said, look, Grant, thousand bucks doesn't do anything for me. How about we make it 10,000? I know you're a billionaire. You got it, right? You probably were <laughs> Come on. That's like right. a dollar to you, Grant. Like, it's like a dollar. I go, well, <laughs> I didn't want to take your money. I'm like, oh, you're that sure. He's like, I'm sure. <laughs> so we have a bet, Halloween of 23, that rates will be lower. I think they'll be higher. I hope I'm wrong. I don't want to be right. But I, I'm going to tell I you this. Hope you're wrong. Billionaires aren't wrong very often. That is true. That so is he true. knows something. He's seen something. He's got better access to data. I hope he's right. Because what goes up fast has to come down fast too. It's just it's just like COVID. It was an immediate turning off of society and they turned it back on. Now there were yeah. stipulations, but they turned it back on. And all of a sudden now, oh, COVID's not a wasn't really real. The vaccine didn't really help you. But you know what? But you got in your body. You put it COVID in. You did kind of like just taper out over time. I felt like it's it was a big happened. thing and then people just stopped talking about it all of a sudden. Yeah, it pisses um, me off, man. I mean, I'm getting a little ag- agitated. <laughs> it's all right. It, it We're ruined gonna... people's lives, you know? It hurt people. It people did. went out of business because of that. Yep. Um, yep, but we're going to reel it back into real estate because we're not here to talk about the any, anything else. Um, but uh, I like what you said. So you, you said you have six, 12 months reserves is just your standard uh, you know, SOP that you guys do whenever you buy a property, six to 12 months operating reserves, obviously. Um, so you also mentioned you cut, you're looking to cut expenses. Is there any, is there anything specific that you like to focus on when you cut expenses? Any Anything that is, you know, you'll look at the P&L and you'll just point it out automatically. This is what needs to be cut. Or do you do, you do a case by case basis? Yeah. There, and the reason why I deferred into that, because you got to prepare for market manipulation. Mm-hmm. That's real. That wasn't around before. COVID yeah. was a market manipulation. Right now, the Fed just deciding in 10 months, they're going to raise it four points and probably again yeah. in December and maybe another one more time in March. That's market manipulation. So these cash reserves, you got to have. Yeah. It's better to ask for the money up front when you do a deal or to hold back with distributions than to ever have a cash call because a cash call is a kiss of death. Yeah. So one of the other things that we're going to do to control expenses is control your move outs. I'm telling you, I'm going to go back to what I said. Reputation, you can't cut enough expenses to replace what you're going to spend when somebody moves out. With an empty unit, for sure. You know, you're going to have vacancy loss, marketing costs, and you're going to have three to four or $5,000 of getting that unit ready that you didn't need to spend. Yeah. If you just, it's better to give them no renewal increase and keep them there during the cold winter than it is to try to get anything and risk having to spend five thousand dollars. And on a on a six cap, that's that's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, I one hundred percent agree. Like I would rather have a full property at you know lower rates than a a property that's fifty percent occupied at a little bit higher rates. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, um, look, a five thousand dollar move out is eighty three thousand dollars of lost value at a six cap. Multiply oh, wow. that times ten. I love I love looking at individual units and just finding the 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 value at a cap basis um, because then it really shows you the value of one unit. I mean, you just said eighty three thousand dollars in value. Eighty three thousand five thousand divided by point zero six is eighty three thousand for everybody trying to do the math. Yep. And when you see an eighty three thousand dollar hit, you're like, I don't want that to happen. Your your hair should go up and like, what can I do to keep eighty three thousand dollars from walking out that door? Yep. And so in your mind, you're saying just retain your current basis, your, all of your tenants, make sure they don't move out. Um, you know, it sounds like you're saying don't increase rents uh, and then do whatever you can to to make sure that they stay on. Um, yeah, you over- got to have open channel. It's not about just resident events. It's actually when you go to their apartment, it's time for renewal. Take your little notepad like this and say, hey, 
Mr. Martinez. I'm here to do your renewal. Let's walk your unit with you. And you go in there and you look at everything. And you answer them. And you give them value. Like, you know, we're going we're gonna to fix that, that hole in the wall. Or we're going to repaint that. Or, you know, you're already going to, we're, we're going to do a dishwasher replacement. So you change out the dishwasher. But you act like you care. You just don't send an email and say, here's your $75 rent increase. Yeah. Because then they're going to go like, well, you know what? Do I feel like paying I didn't even talk more? to anybody. No. What are you talking about rate increase? <laughs> first time I've seen you in 12 months. Yeah. But if it is going to be the first time you see them in 12 months, review their work order history, take that pad in there and listen to them and let them talk. Let them keep talking. Let them vent it out. All the frustration of the last 12 months, let them get it out, write it down. And I bet you triple the chance of that renewal. Absolutely. It's amazing what just listening to a person um, will do. And a lot of the times when when a customer is angry, it's not that they're angry at you, it's they're angry at COVID at, at the in- increased interest rates, all these other things that are happening in their life. And you happen to be the unfortunate receiver of that anger. And so if you just listen a lot, of, a lot of times it'll dissipate. Um, man, Robert, I have loved absolutely everything you've said. I really appreciate you coming on here. I did take a peek at the clock. We have gone through our time. So I have to push us into the quick question round. Let's go. Are you re- Let's do it. All right. Starts with books or any form of education. I need two recommendations. Give me one for real estate specific and then one for general life wisdom. I mean, number one I would do is rich dad, poor dad. You got to understand the game of real estate. You got to understand that money is your friend, that it should go out there and make new friends and bring those friends home for a house party. Like that's what you get. You got to understand the power of real estate. Number two is that every goal you've ever had, you underestimated. You didn't hit it because you didn't. You underestimated the work. So Grant's 10X book was a life changer for me. You've got to write down your goals. You've got to put 10 times the effort to get what you originally hit. No, you know. And so if you want to be a millionaire, why aren't you saying 10 million? If you want to be a 10 millionaire, why aren't you saying 100 million? Try to get to that number. And I guarantee you'll not only hit your original goal, you'll get further down the map. Nice. I actually, you know, I never, uh, I, I love Grant Cardone. I love, uh, I follow all his stuff, um, but I never picked up the book. I didn't know that 10X was 10X the effort. I thought it was 10X, you know, have your goal and then 10X it. I didn't realize he was saying also whatever goal you're trying to achieve, it's going to take 10X the effort than you think. I really exactly like that message. You've always is, underestimated whatever, what the effort necessary to hit that goal. So make the goal so big, 10X in this case, that you have to now have the effort. And not only will you hit your your subconscious goal, you might even hit that 10x goal. Nice. I like that. That is a that is a true message if I've ever heard one. Um, and that moves us to the next question. This is for your younger self. So if you could go back to the Robert who was uh, still in his corporate job, just thinking about buying that first single family, walking into the doors of that, of that club, go back to him, look him in the eye, give him one piece of advice moving forward. Man, trust yourself before you trust anybody else. You don't need a partner. You need yourself because you're the only person at the end of the day that you have to look in the mirror to and answer to. Play for the guy 10 years from now and say, hey, did I do a good job? Right? Because 10 years from now, you're going to, you know, one day we're going to go to heaven and we're going to find out who we were supposed to be. God's going to show you who you could have been and you're going to see how close you came. Right? So always, always put in that time. Trust yourself. Don't go slow. This is the best. Right now, what's going to happen with this buying opportunity? I'm going to tell you, this is just like 0809. You got to wait out the first three innings. People are trying to buy deals right now. That's stupid. They're fools. I'm telling you right now, I'm a wartime general. Don't buy deals right now. (laughs) Wait until the fourth inning. That's when you're going to start to see the real deals come around. I'm talking the end of next year, third quarter, fourth quarter, when guys are getting desperate, they have to sell. Right now, nobody has to sell. And that's why you're not seeing anything. So just go fast, go fast and figure it out later. 
Nice. I uh, I actually just took a note because that is a really good point. Um, I've actually been looking at a few deals, uh, self-storage deals that we've been thinking about buying, but you're absolutely right. Uh, seller's expectations are six months ago and buyer's expectations are seven, you know, 7% interest rates. Um, so there really is a mismatch. And uh, you're saying end of, ne- of next year, end of next year, I'm going to have to remember. Well, yeah, because they're not market sellers right now. There's mm-hmm. nothing that's making them sell into this market. But when they run out of cash because their interest doubled to their debt service or when their loan gets close to expiring, if their loan doesn't expire until December of 2023, they're not motivated to sell right now. They're going to hope that the Fed's going to come back down. They need cap rates to come back down. They know what cap rates should be. They don't want to sell at that number. They're not going to get become a market seller until the market dictates to them they have to sell. Makes a lot of sense to me. All right, that moves us to the next question. This is your Superman strength. We are all gifted with strengths that we uniquely give this world. So what is your Superman strength? I am very easy to admit when I've effed up. I'm very good. I will fall on my sword, but I will get right back on and I will fix it. I don't have a problem talking to anybody and admitting where I went wrong. Any decision in my company is my fault because I put that person there or I didn't oversee it or whatever. Admit you did wrong and then go fix it. That's number one. You just got to make sure that, 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 and I'm I'm really good at that. I'm good at admitting my errors and moving forward. And on the flip side of that, that means you have very clear vision of what's actually happening. Because if you can admit your errors, then you're not going to be blinded by uh, by yourself trying to cover up your mistakes. So love that as a strength. And I'm going to move us on to the next question. You've already mentioned this a little bit. We None of us are islands. We all stand on the shoulders of giants. So who is one mentor who has contributed significantly to your career today? I have two. I have my very first mentor. His name was Dell. He owned the real estate club. He introduced me to the concept of what real estate investing could be. Joining that club created generational wealth, 10,000 turned into 50 million plus because of him introducing that to me. My next one would be Grant, because now I'm at a certain stage in my life where I'm midway through my career. Uh, I now want to scale. And there's not anybody that knows how to scale like Grant. And I'm watching him and I can get that message and I get the mentorship from him, whether it's a personal phone call, a text message, or just a big group setting. When he's just he's just like me, he just starts talking and you you hear the experience come out. And depending on where you are in that career track, you're going to hear what he's saying a little bit different versus if you're a newbie, he says something, you're an experienced guy, he says the same thing, and you're going to hear it. You're going to hear what he's saying in between the lines. And so I've had a lot of personal success, you know, the last 36 months as I I've gotten closer and closer to that epicenter of Grant. Nice. I love it. And yeah, it, the people who are just maybe one or two steps in front of you, at least in my experience, the people who are just ahead of me, those are the people that I really, uh, they're whatever they say, it really clicks for me. If you're like 10 steps ahead of me, it doesn't click that well. If you're behind me, you know, it doesn't really matter. Um, so that makes a lot of sense. And I'm going to move us on to the next question. This is location, the United States, it's a big place, a lot of opportunity out there, a lot of square miles to buy. So what is one metro you are most excited about investing in today? You know, again, I'm going to follow the billionaires, right? Anywhere in the red states, I'm going to be happy. Texas is a fantastic um, migratory state. You know, Florida is a great state, but it's very expensive. People are going to go there. At some point, they're going to want to find value. They have found it in Dallas. They have found it in San Antonio. You know, I think Houston has been very stable. We don't have a lot of the ups and the down. Well, we don't have a lot of the uh, um, artificial highs that have been everywhere else. I think we're extremely affordable, 
the mm. most affordable big city in the United States. And I really? think investors will have, yeah, fourth largest, you know, city in the United States. And we have the cheapest rent of those four. I mean, you know, we, we, we are very affordable to live here. Uh, it's a red state. So government interference is at a minimum, uh, versus on a national level or in the blue states, you know, California should be a dream Disneyland and it's not Disneyland. Nobody wants to be there, right? Because <laughs> of what's going on there, you know? And so, uh, I, I love Texas and I, I I'm going to keep buying in Houston and, you know, I love secondary markets. I love markets that are south of Houston, even tertiary, right? Because there's still population growth and there's less competition and there's not a Robert Martinez there doing what's all right, what's there. So I come in there, I, I, I do my magic dust. And I can really make a property sing so with little competition. So I, I like ter- tertiary markets as well. Nice man. I I love Texas too. We uh we bought three self storage facilities in Texas. You know I'm a much smaller uh, smaller operator than you, but we bought three of them. We love Texas. We're looking for more. Texas is a great state to buy in. Um, and that moves us to the very last question. You've given us a lot of good advice, a lot of good wisdom. I'm sure people want to reach out. What's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, you know what? I, I love making friends. I love sharing knowledge. You know, number one is I want to invite you to my Instagram page. I have tremendous amount of uh, free information there. I talk day to day. It's, you know, nonstop storytelling on my stories. So at Apartment Rockstar on YouTube, we've done a tremendous job of pushing that out. You'll see my Grant video. You'll see last year where Grant uh, crashed my mastermind during the World Series and made a surprise appearance. You know, it's his way of giving back to me and helping me out, you know, and that's all over YouTube, right? So just feed yourself. It's not like, you know, when I joined the real estate club 20 years ago or whenever it was 15 years ago where I had to pay money. You can watch guys online now. You can hear what they're doing and you can get into the game and then, you know, get a little personal mentorship if you want to reach out and try to get some one-on-one coaching, whether it's a phone call or a Zoom call like this or somebody actually giving you the map. I mean, that's what it's about. Pay for that education. Before you invest in anything, you have to invest in yourself. We have coaching here at Rockstar. I would love to work with everybody. You know, give us a call at 832-942-1196. All right, perfect. And I will put that uh, that number and the links in the show notes, the apartmentrockstar.com um, and at apartmentrockstar. I'll put that all in the show notes. So if you all want to follow Robert, go ahead and click the little more in the description. It'll pull down the full description and in there you can find those URLs. Right on, Robert. Well, that wraps it up. Again, thank you very much for hopping on the show. Had a good time, man. Thanks so much. Absolutely. For everybody who's here with us today, thank you guys for showing up. You are the reason we do this. If you guys have any questions whatsoever, reach out to me, Gabe at the real estate investing club.com. Other than that, I hope you guys have an absolutely fantastic week. Keep rocking real estate. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right. Before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, Go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.